0: I'm Michelle Thompson. Welcome to Heat Network, the podcast. I believe one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to be open-minded, to learn. To learn about different professions out there in the world that links to your health both indirectly as well as directly. For instance, I operate a manual osteopathy and cold laser clinic in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. For those of you who are not familiar with manual osteopathy, it takes a holistic whole body approach to healthcare. It uses manual hands-on techniques to improve the body on all aspects, including the skeleton, joints and muscles, nerves, circulation, connective tissue, as well as organs. Internal functions like metabolism, respiration, reproduction can also be improved without the use of drugs. Here at Heat Therapy, Holistically Elite Active Therapy, we utilize BioFlex cold laser to also accelerate healing on a cellular level. It's a light-based technology proven to be highly effective in the treatment of musculoskeletal problems and wound healing. We have had many success stories with this technology. People have avoided surgery, reduced or eliminated their medication, and reduced and eliminated all sorts of pain. So please, join us on this journey as we interview all sorts of professions and how they link to your health, either directly or indirectly. Dr. Michelle Musser is a naturopathic doctor who pursued her bachelor in science in kinesiology at Laurentian University and proceeded to attend the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine for 4 years thereafter. She's now returned to her hometown of Sudbury, Ontario to practice. Her clinical focus is on women's health, pre-pregnancy care, and digestive health. Her goal is to educate, empower, and support women so that they can feel their best and do their best. She utilizes diet and lifestyle changes, herbal medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, and acupuncture, including supplementation, hydrotherapy, and cosmetic and facial acupuncture. You can find her at Essentials on Berry Down. So, Michelle, what got you interested in naturopathic medicine in the first place?
1: Uh, So, a little bit of a loaded conversation, but I um, knew that I wasn't ready to leave Sudbury, essentially, and pursued um, a science program at Laurentian University. Ultimately ended up taking kinesiology and it was through uh, my internship there my fourth year that we had to to shadow a, a okay, different pro- yeah. profession and so ultimately I, I Thought I had gone into that thinking I wanted to be a physiotherapist realized I had no passion for physiotherapy though I love it mm-hmm. um, And somebody recommended that I shadow a naturopath and so I did uh, I shadowed two lo- naturopaths who are local and was absolutely blown away with the results that they were getting for their patients Um, and read up on the philosophy and, um, what it is that all of the background stuff that other people might find boring that really like fueled my soul Mm -hmm. and like my hair stood up and I was like, okay, I found my place. Like, this is it. I have to pursue this. It's incredible. Like it is really exciting because when I tell that story, I get the feeling again. Mm -hmm. Like it's still not lost. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So it was just like this aha moment. Um, and I think it was compounded by the fact that, um, I have family members who are unwell. And I've seen them kind of slip through the medical cracks where they're just, they weren't getting the treatment that they needed. It wasn't like a whole systems approach. Mm. It was like, here's this medication for the symptom, yeah. you know, goodbye, good riddance. And so I wanted to be able to provide more than that so that's ultimately how I found so it so it's more close
0: to you in that regards right when you 100%. have because then I find for your patients especially that makes you more relatable in the sense that you know how it feels to go mm. through certain things because you experience that with your family
1: absolutely with family and personally right like we mm-hmm. all have had some oh, of sort course. of health thing at some point in time yeah. and um my goal is always to be the doctor that I want to send my my parents or my nieces yeah, and nephews absolutely. to like I love that. yeah that's the standard that I'm holding myself to because um ultimately that's what I want for my patients. That's why I got into this. Yeah. Like treat others how you want to be treated. A hundred percent. It's
0: so funny. Like that's something I learned when I was really little, right? Your mom's yeah. always saying yeah. that to us, but it really applies to everything. Cause I think for sure you're, you're onto something there cause there's so much going on with this quick life, this quick world that we have and everyone's just kind of pushing you through the system mm-hmm. and not really spending that time, which Um, you do and Mm -hmm. I I refer you to a lot and no one's ever said uh, a bad thing Mm -hmm. about you you. so it's uh, um, something that I look up to you for so I'm really happy you do that so was schooling tough for you or was it pretty easy because I've heard from my friends who are going through Mm -hmm. it right now like it's overwhelming at some point so for you did you find it
1: yeah it was um a really dramatic change again I think it was compounded by the fact that I had to like leave my hometown and and um that that was difficult but the program itself is incredibly rigorous and I found the most difficult component of that was it was hard to practice what we preach when you're in school right that ultimately um Like a lot of the diet and lifestyle things and the stress management, all of those, um, you don't really have the time literally to get that done because you're just trying to cram information into your brain. Um, Because we have to understand both what is going on from a Western component and a naturopathic component because there's interactions that take place and that um, somebody needs to be responsible for tracking those and monitoring those and making sure that patients are getting the best care. So ultimately, we end up with a ton of training um, pharmacologically and and otherwise, naturopathically speaking. Mm -hmm. And so it was was a lot to tackle. Um, I'm really grateful to be on the other side of it. (laughs) Uh, But it it was definitely a huge period of like growth and learning that Mm -hmm. like occurred during that time like and and it's funny that you brought up stress too because Mm -hmm. now that you're out of
0: school Mm -hmm. do you have a a bigger appreciation for how stress really does impact
1: people a hundred and ten percent so uh chronic stress is the the ramifications that that has on your health mm -hmm. like they the list kind of goes on and on and i think people are don't always have a full appreciation for it I, I have some some patients who are coming in and ultimately we do a lot of investigative work and we figure out that stress is the root cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, no, but I'm having these symptoms. And I'm like, yeah, but this stress response yeah. is suppressing all of this other stuff yeah. and this is how it's manifesting. Yeah. And so Absolutely. ideally we're trying to figure out what the root of that is and treating it. But um, yeah, stress is, is huge for a lot of people. And interestingly enough, I'm finding recently um, a lot of patients who... Aren't connected, Like, they're disassociated from their stress. They're like, I'm not stressed. Like, I'm totally good to go. Mm-hmm. And then we do some testing, and I'm like, you lie. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is, your body is telling me otherwise. Yeah. But then
0: the same point, too, because sometimes they're s- just in such a fight-or-flight mm-hmm. response, and they don't even realize they're in a protective yeah. state, right? And that's how they deal with the stress. True right? So they might not necessarily... Um, you know, realize mm-hmm. how much it's impacting. And I think I'm, I'm speaking more from a personal standpoint yeah. because I'm very go, go, go. go mm-hmm. And I burnt myself out when I was younger a few times because mm-hmm. I was like in a very, um, I guess you could say like denial world where I'm like, Oh no, I'm everything's going good. Yeah. So I, I can have, you know, respect for that
1: and understanding yeah. towards it. hundred percent. I get it mm-hmm. too. And sometimes you're right sometimes it's also just a coping mechanism. It's like, I can't acknowledge the elephant in the room because if I acknowledge it, I'm going to fall apart. And so, like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I have to keep on tracking. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's about, you know, slowly peeling back those layers so that we can address that, change whatever it is that's leading to the stress Mm -hmm. or contributing to that, whether that be mindset or, like, the actual circumstances surrounding that. Um, support obviously like the physiology that's at play, so that they can best cope with all mm-hmm. that. Like we can we can certainly support around all of those yeah. things.
0: Because I find too, like say when people come in and you know stress is, mm-hmm. is the main factor. Because and and some of this is when pain comes out of nowhere. For mm-hmm. example, when someone just hits them like a ton of bricks. So what do you find are the common? Um, not I don't want to say symptoms, but what are the signs maybe people can look out for that they're. Mm-hmm. Um, so reaching a point of, you know, they have to relax and they have to take a step back.
1: Yeah. Um. Good question. So, oftentimes, like the, the symptoms that I'm seeing are people with like really low energy when they're like tanking out, yeah. especially in the afternoons, or when they're energy waking, dips. Yeah, energy like dips. Yep, yeah, that's a big sign. Uh, the other is waking up in the morning, especially between like. One in like 4 a.m. When people are really struggling to stay asleep at that point, it begs the question of what's going on from a stress response and a blood sugar regulation thing, which is secondary to the stress Mm. response. Um, And so those are like the two big ones. I mean, burnout is always going to be um, lashing out at loved ones. Um, The the energy bit is big. Um, Hormone... Dysregulation. So with women in particular, when your cycles kind of get out of whack, um, that can be a stress response. It depends on the person and what else is going on. But
0: and that's something you love to touch upon. Mm-hmm. because uh, So jumping on that in women's health, you have a huge passion
1: for that. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I th- think one of the reasons that I really dive into women's health is that... There's a lot of normalizing of women's experiences because they're common, and so it's like mm-hmm. it's common. My girlfriend has that; must be normal. Common, but not normal. So common, but mm-hmm. not normal, and so I'm doing a lot of uh, unraveling of that, where it's not to make people scared or fearful of the fact that like these aren't normal symptoms, but that we can you know fix them, and that yeah. just not to accept them as status quo, essentially, mm-hmm. because there's a lot to be done there, and um, and it's not always huge really challenging really difficult things that women need to do sometimes it's just tightening up a couple of things in the diet a couple of key you know supplements or, or, or nutrients some lifestyle changes and boom like yeah. within two weeks i've seen like wild things change wow yeah it's really incredible do so, you have a like success story that you'd like to share in regards to that yeah um so i'm seeing a lot more of premenstrual premenstrual dysphoria uh, disorder. And so that's women who have like debilitating, essentially PMS prior to menses, um, like very low mood, um, anxiety, depression, essentially that hit in a pretty substantial way premenstrually. And I've again, done some, uh, some supplementing with those, those patients in particular. And again, in just like two to three weeks, mm-hmm. and that isn't always the case for everyone. Yeah. But uh, a couple of those where they the symptoms shift immediately, and they're like, "Hey, thank you for validating that I'm not crazy, mm-hmm. because nobody's ever told me that this is the thing, and I've yeah. just been given antidepressants anytime I see my medical wow. doctor, but I don't feel depressed." Yeah, and then um, that we're actually shifting those symptoms, so. Like, both of those things in conjunction, the validation, and then actually seeing Absolutely. results is incredible. It's the most rewarding thing. Yeah, I think that's honestly,
0: selfishly, that's one of my favorite things to hear mm-hmm. from my my patients, right? I get bumps. T- yeah, total bumps, I goosebumps. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, thank you for, for validating me, because yeah. uh, unfortunately, especially if someone deals with something for a really long time, mm-hmm. and then everyone's just like, well, we check this, we check this, we check this, and nothing's... Everything's normal. Yeah. And, and how horrible is that to, to feel when you know something mm-hmm. um, is wrong? So
1: people know their bodies and mm-hmm. um, sometimes they're made to feel like their experience just isn't so, like it isn't valid, it isn't true that they don't know themselves, that they must be kind of mm-hmm. nutty. And that um, when you kind of take a step back and you're like, well, you know, it's, you, what you've experienced is real. And even, I mean, if we're talking hypothetically that this is entirely a mental health condition, that that's still a symptom that needs yeah. to be treated, right? Yeah. Like there's still validity in their experience. Their their quality of life is affected and that still needs to be treated. Um, but I think more often than not, people are having really true experiences with physi like the physiological reaction is actually happening mm-hmm. and we just need to look at things in a more whole systems approach mm-hmm. instead of one individual symptom at a time. Exactly. Because oftentimes and you know like even from it might
0: be more relatable for some people, like they'll come in to see me for back. Mm-hmm. Pain, mm-hmm. for example, but it could be coming from the intestine and the tension in there, or the ankle, or mm-hmm. the tension in their head from when they got a concussion when they were twelve. Like, you Absolutely. know what I mean? So I love how you take that approach, mm-hmm. um, and I think people, um, in general, it's becoming more and more whole body. Like people are understanding that we are a like one person. Yeah. We're not just a symptom, or we're not just an ankle, or we're not just. Yeah. You know what I the mean? digestive system or your mental exactly because that goes hand in hand yeah. actually by the way yeah so let's touch upon that because that is a super interesting topic to me uh, 100%. so what do, what is the correlation between say just because we brought it up mental health and gut health for example so it's
1: huge yeah um, so what we've come to appreciate is depression for instance it used to be thought uh, that it's um, a, a disease where we have an absence or deficiency of serotonin in the brain. Yeah. And so the medication that's often prescribed is serotonin reuptake mm-hmm. inhibitors, it keeps that chemical around in the brain for a longer period of time so that people um, can cope better, essentially. Um, what we've come to appreciate in recent years is that uh, it's theorized that approximately 70% of the body's serotonin is actually coming yes. from the gut. Yeah. And so um, that mental health can really, really start in the gut. It's called referred mm-hmm. to as our second brain, um, and rightfully so. Um, What's really interesting is that a lot of our herbal medications or or supplements that we're using to support people with anxiety and depression and, and things alike, Um, we're now starting to realize that the mechanism in which they work, that they're also antimicrobials and antivirals Mm. and so that they have an effect at the level of the gut that makes that healthier and that, um, ultimately the hormone production that happens there is benefit, benefiting mental health. Wow. So it's huge. And oftentimes I get people who come in and they're like, yeah, I've got anxiety, depression. I'm like, all right, so tell me what's going on in their gut. And it's always a mess. Like the two Mm. go hand in hand. Yeah. And what's interesting is that sometimes people are like, "No, I'm I'm having you know a bowel movement every day, no problems, no straining, no blood, yeah. no mucus, everything's fantastic, textbook." Um, mm-hmm. Except I have some gas and some bloating sometimes, yeah. and I'm a little uncoxy. which isn't normal either, by the way, for no. people who don't realize. Yeah, and uh, and. Sometimes they're like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm having these bowel movements. I'm totally good to go. And we realize that there's probably some food intolerances. Dairy in particular is a really big one that happens, where we cut out dairy and they get constipated. But the dairy was just, um, essentially, causing diarrhea mixed with constipation. Mm-hmm. It looked normal, right? Um, wow. Yeah, and that. So we can be masking symptoms sometimes as well. But when you're looking at the whole body and you're putting all the pieces together and I'm seeing signs of, uh, of food intolerances other elsewhere. you know, um, for women in particular, um, dairy allergies manifest in acne and um, heavy menses and, and some other issues as well. But those being like the two big ones. Um so when we see those I'm like all right we gotta pull back and then it's interesting to see how the gut changes and I've had a lot of people recently also tell me like I cut out dairy like I finally did it I did the thing and (laughs) it's shocking how much like how much better I feel like I really Mm -hmm. didn't I thought that you know having these symptoms was totally just my norm and that's how I was gonna live forever and so you take it out and they're like holy cannoli, I didn't know I could feel this good. And I'm like, right? Like, how yeah. awesome is that?
0: Yeah. Because it's almost like you're giving someone a gift by doing something really simple that doesn't involve always taking a pill.
1: No, sometimes it's, it's taking just away. Just like a tweak, like you were saying. hundred yeah. percent. I try not to take away too much yeah. that it's an exchange program that like yes. we get this and we take that um, so that it's not overwhelming. Because ultimately, any kind of change we make, if it isn't sustainable, if it needs to be like a lifestyle thing that we stick to, mm-hmm. if it's not just sustainable, it doesn't work. Yeah. Because if you stick with it for you know six weeks and you feel great, mm-hmm. but then we fall off the metaphorical wagon, mm-hmm. what's the point? So yeah. it's always about meeting people where they're at and finding changes that are realistic for them that are also going to give them results. Have you
0: found people like they're they get overwhelmed with even little changes and what do you do to suggest because yeah. you know at the same time too, like say we were raised uh especially I come mm-hmm. from like a farmer's family yeah where it's meat and potatoes and you know dairy like it's important that's yeah. part of yeah, the food is, <laughs> yeah yeah and um like luckily I I gravitated away from that mm-hmm. when I was in college not really knowing just you know I just Money was tight, I guess you could <laughs> yeah, say, right? Yeah. So, dairy meat <laughs> are expensive. Yeah, so it wasn't really important to me. But um, so people who, you know, like kind of freak out and say, oh, no, I can't do that because to, there's a lot of hormones in dairy, especially in cheese. Yeah. And they're addicted to it sometimes. Yep. So how do you go about approaching that or what baby steps do you usually suggest yeah. to get people started on that?
1: For sure. So I'm when we're having this conversation, I mean, we're talking about their stress levels, their like day in the life, we're going through like, kind of all of the bits and pieces that make them them so we kind of have a good idea going into this how much they can handle right because if somebody's already at capacity and I'm like hey I need you to do more step one isn't do more it's um, Mm self-care or taking stuff away or doing that first so what I'm doing with every patient is always meeting them where they're at and individual treatment to them some people are are coming in and they're ready and they're like I want the change now and so we we go full-fledged and you know things will happen and other people are like I need to take this gentle because I know it's not going to work if we don't and I'm like perfect cool let's do that too and so we baby step it out and it's about discussing what I think is the most important but also what they um, feel is the most reasonable in their lives Mm. and depending on on those bits and pieces some things I'm really like hey we gotta push for this And, and we have the conversation as to why, because when people know better, they do better. exactly Right. So it's like the education piece is important, but, um, there's no like any one rule. It's really about figuring out what's going to work for the person sitting across the table.
0: I find that too. I love that you touched upon education because that's mm-hmm. like a huge part uh, of my practice. Really, any um, healthcare practice, mm-hmm. right? Because, like for example, laser, people kind of find it hard to believe that when you just put the 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 red and infrared light on and mm-hmm. you don't feel anything, that it actually does anything. So it's really great that you touch upon that. So, what is the piece of advice or education mm-hmm. nugget that you seem to share over and over and over again from patient to patient?
1: Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I'm seeing, again, a lot of women, and um, a lot of those are mothers, and so my they're they're not necessarily carving out any time for themselves, and some dads too, like I I, I won't sugarcoat that either, and that people need to stay in touch with what brings them joy, like what genuinely recharges their batteries, because if we're only making uh, withdrawals from the bank of whatever, Mm -hmm. then uh, we need to be making some deposits, like nobody is an infinite resource of energy and yeah. so we need to make sure that people are taking care of themselves and that I, I can't out supplement that and so genuinely finding what sparks joy in you the things that give you like that shoulders down deep breath like ah moments mm-hmm. I get chills just saying it but like <laughs> finding those things and like holding on to them for dear life and prioritizing them um if you don't prioritize them then you know you're choosing your current reality right mm-hmm. so it's about making I think that being the most important tidbit. Um that and get vitamin D in the winter. <laughs> uh, yeah. those are, are my two biggies I would say. Um but uh the stress management like I said I just like can't stress how like foundational that is because in in my eyes this isn't a, a perfect science, but there are four uh, pillars of health that there's um what you eat, the movement that you do, stress management, and sleep. Okay. And if we've got those four yeah. in check, more often than not... I think that's really, just common sense. Right?
0: Not eat, it doesn't even really have to be science at that point. Because exactly. when you're speaking to each of those, there's actually massive mm-hmm. support behind each of those and how they alone mm-hmm. influence your health, let alone what you could do if you master all exactly.
1: those. Exactly. I think the stress, manage one, uh, stress management just slips through, through the cracks for yeah. some people everyone oh, knows you, too. Yes, people will True. sacrifice sleep. It does happen a lot. And mm-hmm. so getting back to that and also figuring out why it's happening, like the yeah. root of the issue. Because there's so many different reasons why somebody could ha- be having poor quality sleep. And it's about figuring out what it is specific to them and then correcting that either behavior or uh, physiology that's happening.
0: So say, like, going back to that, like, stress management and finding that one thing that just recharges your batteries, mm-hmm. um, like, what do you do to recharge your batteries, yeah. you know, because he- as healthcare practitioners, we give a lot of energy mm-hmm. to our clientele, and so it's important for us to, you know, recharge, so to speak. So what do you find you, you do Absolutely. to do that?
1: Um, nature is my most powerful, like, battery charger. Um, I, anything outdoors is really, like, is going to fill my soul, um, hiking is huge snowshoeing um ice fishing like really anything that's yeah. outdoors gardening is life good thing you live in the north and move back thank you <laughs> oh it was one of the reasons why it was so hard is that i yes. used being outdoors yeah it's tough so um cement jungle yeah yeah and people think it's beautiful i'm like man you have you got to go to Killarney. like <laughs> that's beautiful so um that's the, the most powerful I would say of my tools, but on a regular basis I'm practicing what I preach. So I'm I'm meditating, I'm uh, journaling, um Prioritizing time with like friends and family. Um, my girlfriends soothe my soul, so I need I need time with my people. And there's research to support that that mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, will, strong like, social circles, huge impact on yeah your happiness and exactly. Yeah. And so I've got some pretty key players in my corner that make um, a big difference in my life. Um, and then prioritizing um, that, I movement is another big one. Like practicing yeah. yoga is another one of those things that just fills my soul i i always leave practice like i'm a better person now <laughs> like mm-hmm. so it's um those are are my key components uh but there are others but they kind of wax and wane but those are the the big ones that i try to stick to because
0: you guys now moved locations mm-hmm. right? you're no longer in the valley you're on very down, right correct and you guys have a huge facility i've never been i haven't had a chance to go there yet but you guys you do yoga there too
1: right we do we do have a yoga studio um and Sherry is our, our yoga instructor there, and she's absolutely fantastic. Um, one of the best shavasanas I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but she's, she's wonderful. And it's so nice to work in a facility that is like, aligned with my, uh, my goals, my morals, mm-hmm. like the, the fiber of what naturopathic medicine is. Um, I mean we have like a healthy beverage bar and so like if I forget my lunch like I you know I can eat food that's still aligned with my goals yeah. that after a, a day of work I can hit up the yoga studio on my way out and um, leave feeling you know like I've, I've kind of decompressed mm-hmm. um, And all of the other services that we have there everything's just aligned with health And so it's really great to have a whole team and then also to be able to utilize those services mm-hmm. for myself yeah that's
0: awesome it's so fantastic. people should definitely uh check that out so um i want to delve into menopausal women again because I, I feel we didn't uh touch on the specifics to that mm-hmm. um so what is the most common symptom um that menopausal women seem to have that is not normal so to speak but is most common mm-hmm. and and what is kind of the, the game plan to, to help with that to normalize them
1: Yeah, Um, so oftentimes, I mean, we're seeing women who have um, like hot flashes that are happening all of the time and they're like, well, I compensate by dressing in layers or bringing a fan and I'm like, Or we can, you know, deal with what's going on and get you some relief. Um, And then also insomnia is a big one. And that that one's hitting, again, our foundational piece. And it's kind of chicken and egg because we're not sleeping well because of the hot flashes. That's Mm. going to make inflammation and cellular issues worse and hormonal issues worse. And that feeds into, you know, uh, hormone dysregulation and therefore insomnia again. So vicious cycle with that. But we're also seeing... Um, like mood swings and uh, changes to libido and vaginal dryness and things mm-hmm. that people don't really want to talk about, yeah. um, but that really affect their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever a woman's coming in we're we're looking at um, what their period has been before, where it is now, doing a lot of education around. Um, what's actually happening in their body because I think that there's this idea that there's this like slow progression of estrogen and progesterone are two of our main like female mm-hmm. hormones yeah. um, out of the body so to speak and that that's why we're having these symptoms but really it's um, it's much more complex conversation than that and when people understand I feel like it really helps but ultimately the way that we're treating that is um, oftentimes through herbs um, it's I find we get really impactful results there where women are getting relief of symptoms so that we can modulate what, what's going on with the hormones, that we can change that and, and fine-tune it so that they feel better, mm. um, and that the risks associated with that are significantly lower than it is with hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but inevitably, that, that that isn't always enough and that sometimes we do need to look at Um, some heavier hitters and evaluating that, but it's a conversation that we're having um, together and discussing about what's appropriate for them yeah because that's huge right like you're, you're saying like individualization
0: 100%. and um you um also mentioned in the past and that's something i want to uh, speak to because even to um uh, young women as well what about post-birth control preconception
1: care yes this is one of my favorite things so um oftentimes a lot of people especially around my age um they they've been Put on the pill to Mm -hmm. quote unquote regulate their cycles, which isn't quite the case. Um, ultimately what the pill is doing is it's shutting down the way that our ovaries talk to our brain, um, and giving us synthetic hormones and saying that they're as good as our own hormones, which Mm -hmm. isn't the case. And I'm in no way anti, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, anti pill it's, Made a lot of people's lives a lot easier yeah. and done fantastic things. So I don't want to negate that, uh, but ultimately I think that people don't understand what's going on with their bodies yeah. when they're on that. So we we do a lot of education around that, and then understanding the nutrient depletion that can happen with the pill and supporting around that. Um, ultimately, when people quote unquote you know get on the pill to to regulate their cycles, there was an underlying pathology or something that was off there and that we've masked that with the pill, but that that, that physiology is still happening. Like, like whatever was occurring in the body mm-hmm. is still occurring, it's just being masked or band aided so to speak. So in coming off of that, um, there are certainly a lot of things that we can do to support that. So we're looking at where we were before, how we felt on and coming off of that. And preconception care in general is something that's really huge, and I think people are, are starting to have an appreciation for the importance of, of pre-pregnancy care um, to get moms essentially in the best possible health that they can be in, and because ultimately when moms are healthier in, in, in the preconception window, they, they have easier times getting pregnant. Um, they have healthier pregnancies and oftentimes healthier babies thereafter. Okay. And when moms, um, uh, I mean, this is something I just have to nerd out on this, but, um, <laughs> when it comes to gut health, mom's gut health is going to determine baby's gut health. Wow, okay. and, if, and if there's anything that I've learned is that, um, all health starts in the gut, like literally everything, autoimmune disease, allergies, um, mental health stuff like it all just comes back to that Mm. skin stuff everything and so we always have to look back to the gut get that in good shape because then we set kids up for like the best possible foundation that they could have going forward in their life which I mean for me to make those little changes and have these huge domino effects Mm -hmm. is the most fulfilling thing I could possibly do. Oh, that's awesome!
0: Mm -hmm. Very, very awesome. So we spoke a lot about women. So, um, do you see guys in your clinic, or is it not Mm -hmm. too common?
1: And, and when you do, like, what are they coming in to see you usually with? Absolutely. So I'm definitely seeing men. Um, I again, I have a predominantly female-focused practice, but I'm definitely seeing men all all of the time. So oftentimes they're coming in because I'm doing preconception care with their partners. Um, in a, a hetero relationship, mm-hmm. and so we're addressing that you're fifty percent of the equation, and that the other fifty percent, you know, is at home, and that they need to make their way in, um, because <laughs> they, you know, need to get them in good shape too. If we're talking about that, that next generation being as healthy as possible, um, and oftentimes, uh, men who are coming to see me not because their partners dragged them in, um, are coming in from uh, a digestive health perspective that they're having um significant issues in that realm and they don't really know what to do or where to go or they've troubleshooted some stuff but like please help so that's those are the, the the two big things that i'm seeing with men is is fertility care essentially okay and uh and digestive health
0: okay so those are some really important things to to look out for and and we got to get going because we each have our <laughs> our day to get started but if you guys have any questions for michelle michelle how would you like them to get a hold of you
1: Absolutely. So um, some of the easiest ways, actually, I do free 15-minute consults with patients. So anybody who's considering naturopathic medicine, they want to see if we'd be the right fit or what that looks like, uh, they can call the clinic at uh, 705 222 4 Three, um, and book that in, and we can um get that ball rolling essentially. But if they're just looking to, to connect with me on a more personal note, Instagram is the best method. Okay, what's
0: your username?
1: Uh, I think my handle is at Dr. Michelle Musser, M um, U S S A R. I was just gonna ask you to spell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and one more time for people who may have missed that. Yeah. So it's at Dr. Michelle Musser's M U S S A R is Musser. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And that's a wrap for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it educational and you know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Heat Network, the podcast.